0: You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 325. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song, My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Normally, for the podcast, I look at the most popular songs playing on the radio and then I look at their lyrics, get some inspiration, and dive into Scripture. Uh, This week's song, Better Word by Elevation Worship, offered the opposite experience for me because we've been studying in Genesis in my small group Bible study, and when we sang the lyrics at at church on Sunday uh, or a few weeks ago, the lyrics in the song reminded me of what I had already studied. (laughs) And the thing is, that's the power of connecting your study time to the music you're listening to. Because just like my experience, no matter if you start with the song and dive into the word or start with the word and see it in the song, every time you hear the song, you can be reminded of what you've studied through the music and it's actually the title of the song and the chorus that provided my inspiration this week so before we dive into scripture let's listen in Hebrews 12 that says this, it says, you have come, uh, you have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So there's our song, A Better Word. So what does this even mean? (laughs) So let's explore that together. First of all, the sprinkled blood is attributed to Jesus, and the other blood mentioned is the blood of Abel. And one of the bites I like to use is to compare and contrast. So I would like to compare and contrast the blood of Christ and the blood of Abel. But in order to do that best, we need to follow the bite of following the cross reference. But. I just realized that I just talked about bites, and I didn't mention what a bite actually is. And so for my new listeners, a bite is just an acronym for Bible Interaction Tool Exercises, and these are just the simple exercises that I use to interact with God's Word. So for now, we're going to look at comparing and contrasting, but we can't compare and contrast the blood of Christ and the blood of Abel until we follow the cross-reference to Genesis and learn about the story of the blood of Abel. So you can read this account in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 12, it just 12 verses. So let's go ahead and read it together. And because some of the details will come up again later in our discussion, I'd like to just read the whole story. So verse one. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep. And Cain, a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted?' And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand." Uh, And it goes on to say, when you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. So that was Cain's curse right there. Now, you may have already asked yourself this question. Does blood really speak? Well... Scripture is using a part of speech called personification, giving human attributes to something that is not human. And personification can make descriptions of these non-human entities that can it can make it more vivid, or it can help readers understand or sympathize with or react emotionally to this non-human character, which is, in this case, blood. So when Hebrews says Jesus' blood speaks a better word, and Genesis says that Abel's blood cried out to him from the ground, basically God's just using descriptions that we can understand. So from what we know about Abel's blood and Jesus' blood, which one is the better word and what is the better word? Well, let's compare and contrast. So Abel's blood was taken from him, whereas Christ's blood was willingly shed. And those demanding the blood of Abel and of Christ were both sinners. So that was kind of a comparison. But in contrast, Abel's blood cries out for vengeance, while Christ's blood uses the same figure of speech, and it cries out for forgiveness for the children of God. So Christ's blood speaks the better word, right? Vengeance or forgiveness forgiveness is the better word so now that we've explored that a little bit we can then understand that jesus's blood actually does speak a better word than abel's blood but now that's great but what is the context of this truth so now that i kind of understand that Where is it? What's going on around these verses, what we're talking about? So that's when we follow the bite of reading in context. It's my favorite. And I often recommend reading the chapter before your featured area, the chapter of your featured verse is in and the chapter after. So since we're studying in Hebrews chapter 12, I would say read Hebrews 11, 12 and 13. Now, you can study the immediate context of the verse or verses. And so I'm going to go ahead and back up to the beginning of Hebrews 12 for the podcast and not go over 11, 12, and 13. Um, But if you could even get the greater context, I think that'll help you in your own studies. So as we bump up to the top of of Hebrews chapter 12, we're actually considering Christ. And in verse 3, it says, consider Christ or consider him who endured such hostility from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So he's saying, look to Christ and see the hostility from sinners that he endured. And it says in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Now, isn't that interesting? Because we just read the story of Cain and Abel and saw that Cain did not resist in his struggle of sin. And not only did he not shed his own blood, he took the blood of his brother. It's such a stark contrast as we, now that we've gone and read the cross reference, and now we're reading it all in context of Hebrews 12. But Christ, he resisted sin and shed his own blood. All right, so then the Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews goes on to discuss discipline, God's discipline. And so I want you to read or listen to this in light of the story of Cain and Abel, because God disciplined Cain through his rebuke, but Cain did not receive it. And I want you to think about that as we read, beginning in verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take lightly the discipline of the Lord, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastises every son he receives. Isn't that interesting? Because the Lord was rebuking him, and Cain's face fell. He lost heart. Uh, Verse seven, endure suffering as discipline. God is treating you as sons for what son is not disciplined by his father. If you do not experience discipline like everyone else, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Furthermore, we have all had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Should we not much more submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a short time as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who have been trained by it. Ah, so I wonder what the outcome would have been if Cain would have been trained by the discipline and the rebuke of the Lord rather than incensed by it. Let's keep reading in verse 12. Therefore, strengthen your limp hands and weak knees, make straight paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Pursue peace with all men as well as holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up to cause trouble and defile many. We saw a root of bitterness spring up and Cain went ahead and killed his brother. Verse 16, see to it that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau. Who for a single meal sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. He could find no ground for repentance, though he sought the blessing with tears. Now, we could now at this point follow the cross reference here again and read all about Esau. And you can do that in Genesis chapter 27. And when Esau's twin brother Jacob deceived their father and he received the blessing of the firstborn, Esau mourned his loss with tears. But he did not actually repent. (laughs) And the statement he could find no ground for repentance or other translations say he found no chance to repent doesn't quite seem right. And when you read it right here, it just seems like maybe he got, he got the shaft somehow. But if you go and read his story in context, I think you'll begin to see what the, the writer of Hebrews is trying to say. And this might actually be a great fun rabbit trail for you to consider doing on your own. Because we're going to go ahead and keep reading in Hebrews 12 here. But if you run across that name and you're thinking, I don't know much about Esau, it's the perfect time to go and explore his story as well. Now, in my Bible, the section title here, as we keep reading in verse 18, is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And this next section is comparing the old covenant and the new covenant. It is in this context that we read about the better word better word of Christ's blood. So we read all about, we're considering Christ, we're learning about discipline, we're getting some um, exhortations on how to live, and then it's like, for you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further message be spoken to them, for they could not endure the order that was given, if even a beast touches the mountain it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. Now you might be sitting here as I read verses 18 through 21 thinking, I have no idea what this guy is talking about. Um, he's talking about Mount Sinai and the and and you can read all about that and follow that cross reference um, to Exodus. And I encourage you to do it because it's this very dramatic scene where the Lord is speaking and giving the old covenant to his people. Uh, But in verse 22, it says, but you have come to Mount Zion. So in verse 18 says, you've not come to this, what has come before with the old covenant, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. Ah, there is what we were just learning about, the better word. But now we see the better word is in the context of this beautiful description of the new covenant. And so it's here where I want to use the bite of making a list. Now, it's one of my favorites because it helps me consider each individual part or maybe like a large paragraph or a large section that I might just gloss over. But if I consider each individual part, it ultimately helps me understand the whole. So, So again, let's go back and and make a list of what we see under the new covenant. We see the heavenly Jerusalem. It's also described here as Mount Zion or the city of the living God. So it's all talking. That's all the same place. We see innumerable angels in festal gathering. (laughs) Picture that. That's just so neat. Um, The assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven. We see God, the judge of all. We see the spirits of the righteous made perfect. We see Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And we see the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word. So you see that that better word is just part of the whole of this new covenant. It's so beautiful. But if we keep reading, we discover the so what of this grand description. And so in verse 25, it says, See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. Now, we need to consider the details of the Old Testament, I mean, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, because it serves as a promise and a warning to see that we do not refuse this gospel message that God is declaring now through his son. You see, God is speaking a warning from heaven. If we've received the salvation that he's offered, we can be grateful that we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And that truly is a better word. So what's next? Well, read Hebrews chapter 12 in context. There are so many things to compare and contrast in this chapter. And when there is an Old Testament reference like Abel or Esau, a character or an event, always track down the cross reference and then study up on those accounts as well. And then when you go back to your focus area, it just makes so much more sense and it's deeper and richer for you. Now make a list of the characteristics of the old covenant. We didn't make a list on the podcast, but you can go back to this section of scripture in Hebrews 12 and make a list of the characteristics of the old covenant, the Mount Sinai uh, description there. And then the new covenant um, as I've done uh, on the podcast as described here in Hebrews chapter 12. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, michelle at com. You can hop on Twitter at michelleknizat or Instagram at michelleknizat. My Facebook page, my public page is michelle L. Nizat. And uh, we can talk about what you've been learning. Now, if you haven't joined the 30 day music challenge yet, I highly recommend it. The challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You are never too late to jump in. Just go ahead and submit your name and email address at michellenizat.com forward slash 30 day challenge and you're in. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed recently like Lorraine from California, Nicole from Georgia and Ned from the Philippines. Welcome. New subscribers to my website. These are the benefits that you get. You get a one page resource of my top five bites. It's totally worth it just for that. It's a really great place to start. But then you'll also benefit from a, an email. I only send one a week, and I include a memory verse resource. And I also recap the episode, uh, basically giving you show notes in your email box. And then anytime I create extra resources for different podcasts, which I do from time to time, I give you instant access. And so all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Uh, this really encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at com, through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can also follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Absent from Flesh by Jamie Barnes to lead us to scripture. And if you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 325. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.